the App Guy podcast. Straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. The App Guy podcast. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. It's me, your host. I'm Paul Kemp, uh, the App Guy, and it's my job to get you the best guests from around the world, people that can really help us in our app businesses. Uh, we are really, uh, I guess, delighted to have all these different guests that join this show, and today is no exception because today I think we're going to learn a lot, especially a lot about uh, app store optimization. And I know that's important to you and it's important to me. And so I'm just thrilled, absolutely thrilled that we've got this guest, uh, an expert, a specialist in this subject. Uh, he wears a lot of different hats, but in particular, I know he can talk about ASO. His name is Gary George. Gary George, he is the founder of Blazing Multimedia. Now, if you just type uh, Gary George Blazing Multimedia into Google, it, it has an auto predict in it and you'll find all the information about Gary that you need. Uh, he His business is uh, ASO, website design, SEO, pay-per-click, a lot of different stuff. Gary, it's a really warm welcome to the App Guy podcast. Oh, thank you very much, Paul. Thanks so much for having me on. Well, we're thrilled that you can join us. You know, perhaps you can we could take a step back initially and, and hear how you got into running your own business and why you chose to basically focus online. Oh, yeah, yeah. my story is a pretty lengthy one and I'll, I'll truncate it as much as possible, but I kind of started in the music industry and I was an audio engineer for many years straight out of college, uh, working in one of the biggest hip hop studios in New York City. And I did that for some some years. Uh, from that point, I got back into one of my hobbies and something that I was always passionate about, which was video production and video directing. I started to actually uh, do and direct music videos for a lot of the big artists that I was working with at the time. So I started doing that for a good while and I traveled all over the world. It was a lot of great fun. I did a bunch of commercials, did documentaries. Um, and then I started getting so busy flying around that I got tired of going hotel to hotel. You know, it always looks great to be able to travel. Um, you know, when you're looking at it from the outside in, it, everyone thinks they want to travel all this time. But after a while, it gets pretty old when you're doing it consistently. <laughs> and especially with kids at home and a wife. And uh, I, I said, you know what? I got to find another way to make money that I can actually be stationary at the same time. So uh, I switched my gears. I went back into the lab and I said, well, what else can I offer these clients? You know, I had a bunch of guys that, uh, artists and record labels who I dealt with. And I started pulling out my rest of my hobbies, which was, you know, designing creative work development. I started doing graphic design. I started doing the vehicle wraps and the bus wraps and designing all that stuff for them and their big billboards. And then I started doing web stuff as the web stuff started really picking up. And then I, I started offering marketing services. So it all grew from all from that one hobby and uh, start into the, uh, 
uh, establishing uh, relationships in the music industry that kind of got the, my entire business to where it is today. And that was 16 years ago. Well, congratulations for running such a successful business for so long. And, and also just, you know, you sound as passionate today as I'm sure you were all those years ago uh, as you were a rock and roll star running around the world. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, it's an envious story. And uh, also... I think that you've got a really impressive client list. I know that how I got to you was through a previous guest, Len Wright, I believe, who introduced me to you. And and also um, the, the episode before you, James Malinchak, I know that you work with him as well. And you, you seem to have just such a great client list. I mean, has that taken a long time to build up? Have you got any uh, help for anyone building their business in terms of uh, attracting such great names? Um, it, it, well, I will, I'd say that it, it definitely took, it takes time to build up a great client list, but it all boils down to the quality of the work and the level of confidence. That's really it. You know, you have to have great work, but if you are very confident and that, you know, exudes out of you, um, so many people will work with you just based off of that. And a lot of mine, a lot of the, uh, accounts that I picked up, it was a combination of both. They saw the work was really good. But I was also very confident, you know, not an individual who was scared to to speak with individuals. And um, and I guess that came from me working with a bunch of celebrities for so long. I just really learned that, you know, when I first went there, of course, like everybody else, you're kind of a little starstruck. But after a while, you learn like these are just regular people. You know, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter how famous you are. They are just regular people. And so when I really came to terms with that. You know, I was very young and I used to kind of feel um, I felt a little uh, awkward, you know, dealing with a lot older people than I than me. And, you know, my mother always taught me to call my elders Mr. and Mrs. And, and when I had to start calling people by their first names and I was young, I made me feel a little uncomfortable. But those all those things got, uh, you know, was what made um, made me become what I am now and kind of helped me with developing the client list that I had. It was really about just having that confidence and getting out there with some great work. Well, that's a good lesson for us all because we all do have our own talents or our own skills, but sometimes we're our biggest critics and we don't perhaps give us give ourselves the respect and the, the confidence that we deserve in, in actually talking about our business. And I know that I've spoken to you know some app developers who are... Uh, sometimes a little bit ashamed of, uh, you know, like there's a couple of bugs in this app and, and this app's not particularly, uh, you know, great on this this feature. And yet, you know, their, their knowledge and their skill set, their talents are just phenomenally good. Um, so I just think that's a great lesson to us all to be confident in what we do and just you know, keep continuously improving. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so let's get on to the hot subject then of ASO, App Store Optimization. This is an, an app show and we love mm -hmm. talking about how to, uh, I guess, improve our uh, rankings of our apps in the App Store. What could you tell us about that, ASO? Well, ASO is one of our favorite things. We love that so much right now because it is something that most people don't understand. Whatever people don't understand, us marketers know that's where the money is. And so <laughs> we like to always be where everyone feels uncomfortable and is a little hesitant to play because we know that the competition levels are going to be very low. And that's what we've been experiencing with App Store SEO. It's just really been a great ride and it's been incredible to see apps rank positively within a few days of you know us actually taking the reins and 
doing what we need to do to get those apps to rank. So I'm telling all of our clients and, you know, everyone that I help out, small business owners that we do seminars for and stuff like that, is that the, you know, the app world is a gold mine. It is a gold rush. I, I really do feel that, um, that it's going to become a lot larger than what it is right now. And we're in the infancy stages of seeing this thing really explode. And it's time to get in early. It's just like the beginning of pay-per-click when uh, Google took uh, GoTo's idea and, and, and rolled it out. And if we were all you know, on it as heavily as everyone is now, we would all be so much more, that much further. So I feel the same way about App Store and App Store SEO. Yeah, it's funny that, isn't it? That uh, when you're in the thick of it and you're with the technology, it seems obvious that it's going to be big, but uh, some people can be hesitant to uh, put a lot of resources into it because it is so new and it's an untried uh, and untested route. But how, how much of your experience with SEO is, is really important to you with ASO? Um, it, it, uh, the cornerstone of App Store SEO is the same as traditional SEO, and, and that is keyword research. It all boils down to that. And I, when, I, I, when I always preach that to everyone I teach, I say, keyword research is a foundation of all marketing. You have to know where the demand is. And so when you understand what keywords people are typing in to find uh, your product or service, then you can optimize properly for those particular terms. So one of the biggest mistakes we see in traditional uh, uh, SEO and the same thing that would happen in App Store SEO is most business owners go after the most common term they can think of. So if they're a car dealer, they say, I want to be number one for car dealer, you know, and we're like, that's not the best you know, keyword to go after because it's so competitive. Number one, number two, you don't even cover the whole nation. So why would you want to rank for the word car dealer? You know, so these are the types of things that we're looking at when we're doing app store SEO, the same, same approach. Uh, it all boils down to number one, if you pick the wrong keyword and you optimize for the wrong keyword, the same way in SEO, you'll waste a lot of time and energy and resources. Yeah. Cause I think one of the uh, interesting features is how people are searching i mean are they searching on the app stores the same as the, the the way they search on on google because i don't know sometimes uh, i guess uh, is is the way we discover apps slightly different to the way we discover websites through google do you think have you got any views on that that's a great question. That's something that's been debated for quite some time and everyone's trying to figure it out, but Apple doesn't give us any data. So we're all still guessing, you know, <laughs> at the <laughs> yeah. end of the day, <laughs> we're all assuming that this is how people search, but I would tend to air that people search very similarly to how they search on Google, just because it's just a natural tendency. You know, if you think about, Hey, I need, I need to find car dealers. You're going to put in car deal. If I need to find a plumber, I'm going to put in plumber. Um, so I think people are definitely using very similar uh, search criteria in the app store. I think they are using uh, variations of that, that they might add the word app to it or apps or, you know, that kind of thing. But the core of it, I think, is very close to what we're seeing in our Google search results. And we've been doing some testing in terms of the different keywords that we're optimized for and the traffic that we get back for it. Again, because Apple's a closed you know, environment, we can't get that much, but we can come and draw some certain conclusions. And I've, I, I tend to err on that side. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, like in terms of the, uh, I use Flurry. Flurry is the analytics company for my uh, apps. And uh, they've come out with recently with a report. And I was just bringing that up and it's become obvious that uh, 
the apps, native apps, are winning, uh, winning the war against um, you know uh, HTML5 and mobile web apps, mm-hmm. and uh, we're just addicted to apps, uh, and so the, the numbers yeah. are pretty impressive. Uh, have you seen in terms of because you're you're uh, into uh, not just uh, ASO or apps, you're also into web design. Have you seen? a change in the the way clients are coming to you saying that they need a mobile responsive site or they're just primarily focused on getting their website up and uh, to, to a mobile responsive um, way. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, perhaps you could talk us through like, you know, the demand for mobile web apps versus, versus native apps. Right, right, right. Well, I would definitely say most of the most of the business owners are still confused. They just don't understand everything about apps and about mobile friendly sites and the difference between mobile friendly and responsive and all that. They're still kind of in a hodgepodge. So most of the time they come to us, they just say, I need my site to be compatible with tablets and on iPhone. They, you know, they use layman's terms. So they, we say, okay, this is the end result that you want. This is the way that we can do it. Um, most of them, they rarely come for apps, small businesses. They rarely come for apps. The only person, the only people that tend to come to, for, uh, approach us directly about apps are people who have app ideas, or if it's a larger company and they understand that they have to put something out in an application that, uh, adds functionality and other things, an extension of something that may already occur on their web uh, online side of things, uh, they will be the ones who would come up and say, yes, I do need an app that will complement what it is that we're doing online. For example, we just did a pretty big uh, job search uh, app. And uh, that one was, you know, it's kind of like a monster.com and, you know, a career, uh, career builder kind of uh, same flair where they had tons of uh, job searches that were going on on their site. They knew they didn't want to make a mobile friendly or responsive version of their online because it's too intensive that they needed to make an app that had the functionality and the native response and ability to tap into the database and pull stuff back and forth. So that's what we, those are the types of clients we're seeing that will specifically request an app. Everyone else will just say, I need my site to be available on tablets and, and phones, and that's it. Yeah, because I'm looking at the stats here by Flurry, and it's uh, in terms of the time that we spend uh, on our phone, native apps versus mobile web apps, and it's 86% now, 86% within a native app, and only 14% on the mobile web. And so mm-hmm. clearly, you know, Having a responsive site is uh, just uh, obviously a, a necessity now, but uh, I think I'm hoping that clients are starting to realize that you know if they've got a fairly complex website, then they need to really think about apps. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's really where an app shines when you have some complexity, you have some functionality on your site um, that you can complement with uh, rolling it into an app. Uh, native app, um, you're going to get so much better performance, so much better response. It's a really uh, a better user experience. Um, you get all those benefits. And so we really like that as well as being able to market to another crowd that you would not been have able, you would not have been able to uh, touch previously just being listed on Google or what have you. But now you get that app store traffic additional to everything else you're doing. 
So Gary, this is the App Guy podcast and uh, you've mentioned the word app ideas. We love coming up with app ideas. We've come up with some terrific ones over the, the season, you know, the series that we've done this. Now, the way we do this is twofold. One is if you have any app ideas that you can share with us, you're happy to share with a bunch of indie app developers who probably steal your ideas, then <laughs> we're, we're quite happy to hear what you've got. Uh, if, you, if, if you don't have any app ideas, uh, what, what we tend to find works really well is if you could talk through any particular pain points in your business right now, any anything that you know you're just really struggling with in terms of a frustration, and then we can maybe try and flesh out an idea that for an app to resolve that that problem, that pain point. Right, right. Oh man, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Um, let me think. What would be? I can't. I guess I can't think of what would be applicable to an app. I just need to think regularly yeah. about business challenges. Um, I would say right now, one of the biggest challenges for us being in the marketing space is how fast the marketing, um, techniques evolve and change. <laughs> I don't know if we an app yeah. can solve that one, but <laughs> that's probably my biggest thing right now. We, we, you know, we do so much of the online marketing, we get our, our, uh, our flow down, our systems down and, and then uh, Google decides to change their algorithm or uh, Facebook decides to change the way that they uh, the way that we display or put ads into their system. And so it's always constantly changing. So maybe there could be an app that uh, kind of put, keeps you abreast of when these changes are coming. Now, that would be something that would definitely be of interest to a guy like myself. Uh, Facebook is constantly changing. Uh, Google's constantly changing. We hear rumors sometimes. We don't really know when and what's happening, but if we knew and had like a little roadmap and timeline of when things are supposedly changing, when algorithms are coming out, we know this kind of, if you study and you go into research, you'll find this kind of information, but having it all consolidated in one place, I think would be a really good way, just like kind of like a, a, an alarm goes off to let you know what the next big bomb is going to drop. So <laughs> yeah. that may be something cool. <laughs> the next Google bomb. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, I think you're onto something there because, I mean, we first of all, if you could have an app where you you know that there's trusted people in the world that could be trusted with how effectively to market on Facebook, how to effectively market on Twitter, how to effectively, you know, do all these different kind of uh, things. And then if we had an app where we just followed their roadmap, but it was continuously updated. And mm -hmm. also if we could see... Uh, maybe the most effective campaigns. I was just in MailChimp uh, recently and I, I like the feature that they had where you could see the uh, email titles that were working, uh, had the biggest um, response, uh, the most mm -hmm. the most conversions and it put those titles at the top so you could kind of then copy the, the or at least take influence from what's working. Right. And I love the way that you know, it's almost like using data to, you know, like Google, not to make bad decisions, but to make really effective decisions. So an app that could do that somehow, you know, every day rank the uh, the, the, the most effective things that seem to be working uh, that week, that month, and then give you an action plan on how to uh, take advantage of that. Oh, that that that's killer! I, you you need to develop that immediately, Paul. We need that. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I love this show. It's amazing the ideas that come out from the guests and. Uh, yeah, we could call that, um, I guess we can call it the Blazing something. The <laughs> <Right>. Blazing app. <laughs> right? <laughs> Blazing amazing. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that would get so many of us uh, such a joy to have a roadmap. Uh, I, I think that uh, it's something that's definitely needed for us hardcore marketers. <laughs>
Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, it's, we're overwhelmed, aren't we, sometimes with what we could be doing with our businesses. And every time we come, we stumble across some something we're not doing. Like, for example, today I spent, oh, I must have been s- sort of six hours trying to convert some of my podcasts, put them onto YouTube. And because, you know, I had a guest who's got 120 million views on YouTube and I thought I need to be on there. uh, (laughs) right and then i realized i wasted all this time and it is a podcast and what you know it's it's almost like we could always be doing you know 10 times more than we're actually doing but it's what's going to be effective for us i think is the real challenge exactly exactly that's the million dollar question so gary we always ask this of most guests uh, what phone do you carry do you you use apps in your day-to-day routine Absolutely. I'm an app junkie. I have, uh, I've gotten to the point where I could not load any further apps on my phone. I was <laughs> to the point I had to delete some apps from it to load further. So now I have taken uh, full advantage of the nested folder capabilities. I started organizing. Now I have my apps. I got tons of folders. I have a folder for productivity apps, folder for travel apps, folder for this and that's the way i organize my bazillion apps on my phone <laughs> and no, that's great i mean it's uh, uh i guess we could ask you you know maybe your favorite apps the ones that perhaps you put on your home screen i mean especially productivity i mean you've got a busy job you're dealing with a lot of clients have you got any that you feel that haven't probably been mentioned on the show that you think we're just missing or overlooking um you say something that's missing well something i mean you know we've got the the usual suspects that seem to get mentioned quite a lot such as evernote uh, google drive right um, cal for calendar and uh, some of but have you got anything you feel is 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 something that perhaps would be unique uh that you use and is, is you're loving Oh, well, I'll give you a few because, again, I'm an app junkie, but I'll give you a few right off the top. One that I've been using a lot over the past couple of weeks is Hotels Tonight. That is the app I'm loving right now. This app will give you last-minute deals on uh, hotel rooms. My wife and I, we were out in Vegas. We were actually – I was out uh, – Uh, speaking at Jim Palmer's uh, Dream Business Academy event over in Vegas. And we had to come in two days early and, you know, to get stuff together and other things like that. And this app allows you to, they find all of the inventory that the hotels haven't booked. It only comes out nine o'clock that morning. So you can't book a hotel ahead of time. You got to wait till the day of. But we were able to get a uh, room at the Las Vegas hotel. I hadn't heard of this hotel. I was kind of skeptical. My wife said, no, look, they got four and a half stars. They got good reviews, blah, blah, blah. We looked at, I looked at the whole of the picture and I said, wow, that looks like a really nice hotel. I can't believe it. She said, yeah, I can get a room for $17. I said, no, it's too good to be true. She said, yes, you can get it. So I said, book it. We'll see. We have nothing to lose. So she booked it. We went there, got a, I mean, a suite. We had a, a beautiful room, uh, living room, kitchen, dining, the whole nine for seventeen dollars. I mean, oh, that wow. was killer. <laughs> yeah. No wonder so you love that app. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I actually so I do think money. we get over here and this side of the pond. I think we get hotels tonight. Oh, just if, if anyone's listening to you and you were speaking at Jim Palmer's event, uh, he was on our show uh, episode eighty-one. So maybe an episode worth checking out. And uh, what were you speaking about there, Gary? Uh, actually, I was covering uh, all of the stuff that I do for Jim. I pretty much uh, am, am his marketing uh, machine gun. So he had me speaking about uh, a lot of our fancy techniques we use with remarketing 
Um, and for those who aren't familiar, that's basically when you go to a website and then you go to another website and you start surfing the internet and all of a sudden you start seeing banner ads for that same site that you were once on. That's what's called remarketing. Uh, so we were, I was doing a big presentation on how we effectively harness that technology to push a lot of what he was doing. We marketed his event using those techniques. I spoke on Facebook ads. I spoke on social media marketing. Uh, so it was quite, a, quite an extensive uh, presentation. Yeah, and he's a bit of a musician as well, I hear. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure you you played the guitar together or what, what something. Uh, um, yeah. So any more app, apps that you could suggest? Any any others that? Uh, I mean, that's a great uh, recommendation. Uh, any any others that you use? Uh, let me think of one other that I that I can give you. Again, I got so many. Man, I wish one of my loving now. Um, hmm, the other ones they're kind of common. Uh, I'll skip past those. Trying to find something that's not common that I love. Um, yeah, I, I got too many now. I'm, I'm overwhelmed. I, I feel, I feel, <laughs> Gary. That, you know, you're, you're teasing us there with all these apps that you've got. Maybe we just need to take a quick screenshot of your home screen, or, <laughs> uh, and then we'll put that on your show notes, and so people can kind of go through it at their own pleasure. Uh, exactly. Exactly. Oh, here's the one that I definitely I had to pick my phone up to jog my memory, but Ubercar is another really cool app as well. It's basically, well, it's more like a service. It's like a independent people who drive their cars and they act as taxis. They want to make some extra money. And you can get these people at a drop of a dime in an app. You could schedule and they'll come pick you up and take you places. And I've used it and I've saved so much money and met some really cool people doing it. So Ubercar is also a really great startup and they got a nice app that you can download. That's great. Thanks for sharing those, Gary. Yeah, no, we'll... Uh... We'll ask you at the end to take a couple of screenshots of your uh, iPhone and maybe we could uh, present those uh, or, or have a dedicated report of all the apps that you use on your phone and <laughs> that we could re right. release that as a special report. Uh, you know, Gary, it's amazing. We're, we're flying through this uh, interview here. And, uh, I, you know, I mean, you've run your business successfully. You've obviously followed what, what you're passionate about. I love the fact that you were a musician. You were like heavily into music, living that you know, rock and roll lifestyle. And then you sat down and you figured out what you were good at, what you enjoyed, and then you made a business out of it. What advice could you give to people listening to this right now who perhaps just need a little, uh, I don't know, kick up the backside or a little nudge in the right direction to, to do something they want to, you know, do, they dream of? What could you suggest to those people based on your experience? Yeah, based on my experience, I would say number one is don't be afraid to take risks. That's what it's all about, being an entrepreneur and a business owner. You have to take the jump. And that's what holds most people back. And it definitely held me back for a few years. I always kind of knew I was going to be an entrepreneur since I was a baby. But I still was a little nervous after working for someone else versus going out on my own. And um, I just pretty much took the leap of faith. And it was the best thing that I have ever could have done. So I usually, and I do this a lot with clients who are dipping you know, they're still working and they're dipping in their business and they're trying to grow their business. And I, I, my word of advice to them is I always say, don't think that you have to get 100% of the revenue that you earn in your job before you are willing to leave your job. Because if you're making that percentage of money from what you're doing on the side, just think about when you give your job up and you put 100% into your business. So all you have to do is really get 50, 60% 
revenue wise close to what you're making in your actual nine to five job. If you do that on the side and you get to 50 50 or 60 percent of what you're making in nine to five at that point, it's time to step away. You know that you have a viable platform of business. And if you put 100 percent into it, you're going to exceed that that uh, 100 percent mark of what you're making in your regular nine to five job. Yeah, I'm thinking of some of the previous episodes as well, and it's been one of the clever things that I regret not doing, and a lot of guests seem to have done that, is that they've started side projects in their own time and uh, whilst working. And we had the uh, the head of the Murder Mystery Company, the third largest theatre company in the world, the founder, and he, he was actually uh, doing some of his, his work on the side whilst in his job and, uh, you know, taking coffee breaks, cigarette breaks, whatever it took to, to you know, grow his business. And right. <laughs> I, I think that's so valuable. So it's such great advice that we can all be doing something right now to grow our businesses, uh, even if that means that we're working for someone else, but with an eventual plan of leaving. Exactly. Gary, exactly. How, how best can we reach out to you and connect? You sound like a someone that, that's fairly approachable. Um, what's the best way of, of connecting with you? Uh, you can connect anytime. Just go to our main site, which is blazinmultimedia.com. www.blazin, which is B-L-A-Z-I-N, multimedia.com. You can hit me uh, there. Any other contact forms will get to me in some form of fashion. Um, you can also check out a ton of our other subsidiary companies that we handle and separate out a lot of our other services. So we have uh, ppcpitbulls.com. We have seojackrabbit.com. We have landingpagedesignkings.com. We have aptomology.com. So any one of those sites as well, you can also check out some more of the cool stuff that we do. And uh, feel free to drop me a line anytime. Yeah, I'll put all those on the show notes. So you can also go to theappguy.co and just check out the episode with Gary George. And uh, that will be uh, in there, all those different things. I'm guessing that it's quite good business advice as well to have a diversified portfolio of brands. Absolutely. One of, that, was, that, that, that I have to give all kudos to Mr. Jim Palmer, my coach mentor for many years. He was the one who convinced me that that is what I needed to do. And when I did it, I saw exponential increase in my business volume, revenue, and less headache. It was just the way to go. And we advise all of our clients the same way. We say, if you have uh, a business that has multi-tiers and different services and products, don't inundate your client. Don't inundate your customers. Break them down. Make them focus on each one. Build landing pages. And that's basically what we have. When you go to all those different ones, you'll see that they're all landing pages, but they're all solely, strictly focused on that one product or service. And it just made our sales cycle uh, become a lot shorter because people had less questions. They were able to gather all the info they needed on themselves, basically. And by the time they got on the phone, they were almost ready to pull their wallets out. So we love that formula. And again, I have to Jim Palmer, the newsletter guru for that. Yeah, I'm almost thinking as well uh, in terms of the app development world that uh, if you're building apps for other people, for other clients, you could almost set up different developer accounts and have a series of apps that are just purely productivity apps, a series of apps that are purely e-commerce apps and become like the specialist in that niche and, uh, you know, market yourselves uh, with with respect to that uh, particular niche. And I, I I think that's a, a great idea rather than, you know, many of these uh, companies you go to and they've just got this huge uh, array of very different uh, apps. 
that uh, you know don't meet your needs or you just have to try and find the one that's kind of suitable for you and amongst all the others that they've built and yeah maybe that, that I think that would be good for us as well so that's great great advice thank you thank you Gary it's been a pleasure well I mean what a quick 30 minutes that seems to have gone by so quickly because the content was just so extremely valuable and uh, thank you very much for coming on the App Guy podcast. We, you know, uh, you're such an inspiration to me, and I know to many of the audience who are listening now. So, appreciate your time, and I would love to have you back on at some sometime in the future. Maybe uh, you could play some of that music that you were involved with uh, all those years ago. <laughs> Yeah, that would be great, Paul. I definitely appreciate the opportunity to come on and uh, on the show. Had a great time, and uh, any any time you need me, I'm I'm right here. Great, Gary. You're all the best to you. All right, thanks a lot, Paul. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode. If you want to be a guest on the show or suggest someone, then please send an email to info at onemob.com. The App Guy Podcast 